In today's episode, we're joined by an incredible leader for entrepreneurs, someone that's found their wheelhouse working with the blue collar, lunch pail crowd, so to speak. And you'll hear him share something that's helped him build greater connection in the groups that he has. I'm excited to introduce you to a gem of a human, Sean Shepard. Welcome to the Up Coach Podcast for modern coaches and creators with your host, Todd Herman. In 20 minutes or less, our goal is to share one big idea that will transform your coaching and your business. So let's get into today's episode. All right, Mr. Sean Shepard, welcome to the Up Coach Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. I wanted to bring you on. You've got a long career in the coaching and the expert type space. You've been a keynote speaker standing on huge stages. You've been in this world for a long time and you've got some uh, what I call solid meat on the bone. So I'm excited to hear what you want to share with everyone today. But before we do, can you just get everyone a quick little preface on who you serve, maybe how you serve them and, and why that particular group of people? And, and I actually know the why behind that group of people. So I, I really want other people to hear the kind of very mission-driven way that you found your pocket out there in the coaching world? Yeah, absolutely. It took me probably 20 years to find it, but I'm so glad that I found it. So I work with family-owned business owners and their leadership teams, companies that have gotten to a certain point of growth, so not beginner companies or startups, and they get to a certain level of growth that you know, in the words of Marshall Goldsmith, what got them here will not get them to the next level. Yeah. And they don't know what to do next. So I help them get to the next level without working 24 seven. I'm really proud that my clients get to see their kids baseball games or little league games. They get to go on vacation. I serve them by one on one coaching, also group coaching, and also uh, do the, the two-day, 90-day year intensive for clients. Would you say that you're doing a lot of stuff both virtually, because you have a very virtual, and then you also do a lot of in-person stuff with your crew, right? Yeah. So about 80% of my clients are in the New England area. I'm just outside of Toronto myself. So I'm there about every quarter and live. As the kids say in real life, and everything in between is virtual with uh, Zoom meetings, Zoom group meetings, and coaching calls. I know that you've made the transition in the last couple of years, and you had done before as well, from solely kind of like really bespoke one-on-one -on -one type stuff, you've really started indexing towards building group and community and kind of cohort style stuff. And, and that's born out of the fact that there's such a tremendous demand for people wanting you. My favorite wins that you always share with me is that you have to keep on saying no to other people. <laughs> but we were talking before this, you know, maybe like, what's the topic that you want to kind of dig into on this? And I love what you've done with your group. So for everyone that's out there looking to improve the way that they serve other people, improve their own skills, what's that one thing that you found be a real difference maker for you in the last now couple of years? I think the short answer, and then I'll give you a little bit of background on how I got to it, because I actually kind of stumbled on it, is put your best clients, the people you love serving in the same room. Mm. And, you know, Todd, the beginning, going back to 2020, and 
I was still doing a lot of in-person. Most of my my income then was in-person, which was speaking or coaching. So my income took a huge hit, like a lot of people early in COVID. And probably in an act of desperation, <laughs> yeah, I used to do an event pre-COVID called Socials with Sean. And what it was, was an invite-only event of my top 10 clients, and they could bring one guest only. And it was like a VIP event. The very first one I had in person, I had an an accordion player that played rock music. We had drinks. I gave them an interactive coaching experience. And at the end of the night, I said, you know, something spoke to you. And if so, here's how we continue. And if not, like, please take home the the pinwheel sandwiches because I don't want to bring them home. (laughs) But when we fast forward to COVID, (laughs) it was like, oh, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, I'm going to do a Zoom version. I did not even have a Zoom account. I'm embarrassed to say that. I I went on, (laughs) I got a Zoom account on a Thursday afternoon, paid the package and it said, create a meeting. I created a meeting for Monday and figured it out. I sent out 16 invitations to people globally from Australia to the United States, to Canada, to England. And I thought, you know what? For 90 minutes, we're going to have some fun, but we're going to get to connect. And I'm going to give you one thing that you can definitely apply to your virtual office the next day. Did that, panicked because I didn't think anybody would show. It was five o'clock on Monday. I actually got a friend to hit the buttons because I thought everything would blow up on me. And 16 people showed up and we connected. We had community, we had breakout rooms, we had real conversations. And they did get something out of it. Wait, this was your first time doing a Zoom and you did a breakout session? Oh, yeah. For half of it. That's an advanced move, Sean. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) I've been like a power user of Zoom for a decade, I think. And I don't even think I've hit the old breakout room button yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what was interesting was I was terrified that nobody would show up or they would hate it. And, you know, the voice in our head is real. So, yeah. Anyways, when we went around the virtual room, I said, can you just introduce yourself in a minute and how you know me? And they would say, oh, I'm in Los Angeles and I know Sean because I've worked with him. I'm in Toronto. I'm in New York. I'm in Australia. And I was getting the private messages in Zoom. And it was funny because I didn't even know how to read them, (laughs) the messages then. And I got five or six from clients live in the room saying, oh, my God, am I the dumbest person that you work with? I had no idea you worked with global leaders. That's cool. And something clicked, Todd, in that moment. Something clicked. And I thought, why did I wait so long to do this? Yeah. And there was something about the connection to me. So they all had Sean's story. So it wasn't like a random, like a bad networking event. They all had the connection to me and the trust in me that actually gave them permission to open the doors and talk to each other. Yeah. So with about 10 minutes left in that, the one thing I'll just say quickly is there was no master plan. There was no master plan. So somebody said, this was amazing. When could we do this again? And I said, well, when would you guys want to do it? And they said, how about every week? I did that for six weeks straight and my business started to take off again. Yeah. What I love about that story, though, just going back to that transition point that so many 
people who do one-on-one coaching struggle with is, you know, like, how do I move to more leverage or group or cohort? And the reality is, because I've mentored and coached so many different people in this industry for the 26, seven years that I've been in it, there's no one defined way of doing it. Like your, I like yours because it was such a very natural expression of the need in the moment, which was everyone's locked down. And so you kind of struck that opportunity, but there is a commonality that you have with everyone else, which is, holy crap, is this going to end up working? I had a lady in a program that was doing a workshop and it was the first time that she was going out to do a, a group thing. And it was in Arizona. She came on this call, this big group call that we had for our night of the year program. And she said, I haven't gotten anyone register yet. And so I saw all the people in the comments saying, I'm sure you can get your money back from the event space. And I said, no, you show up, you show up. She had all this printed material. You show up, you put all the printed material out. And then I want you to take a selfie. And then I want you to post it online. And I want you to say, so excited for tonight's workshop. And I don't care if anyone shows up. It's a message to yourself that you're betting on yourself, that you followed through in that moment. Anyway, no one did show up to her workshop, but she took the selfie, she put it up online, and she had seven comments immediately saying, oh my goodness, I had no idea that you've been doing workshops. Can you please let me know when you do your next one? Well, she came in, she shared that win, even though she said it felt really empty being there by myself. And I said, no, this is the start of your story, because how can you coach anybody else on helping them overcome a challenge or a setback when you've never felt the experience deeply that sort of ties in with so many people's origin stories of how they got started. So anyone who's out there thinking about how you do group, the one thing you did though, is you didn't attach a monetary value to it either. You just invited people. Now let's get to the thing that you found that has really activated your groups. And again, just as a reminder gang, because a lot of people think that what Sean is going to share is only relevant to people who are a lot of times early stage or beginners and that this tactic wouldn't work for people that are running multi-million, eight-figure type companies or something like that. Dig into it. What's this one thing that you found that's really activated the connection of your group? So people love groups. When we meet live in person, there's a genuine human connection. When you break bread with people, the relationship changes. When they sit down and work together and get to know each other and their issues and their problems and their dreams and their challenges. My issue, my challenge was, how do I make that last after one day or the two days of the event? Because we've all gone to events, even small intimate groups, and then nothing. You wake up on the third day and it's it's kind of sad, you know, like I would walk by the meeting room in the hotel and, and feel like, oh, my God, yesterday we were just laughing and joking. And so the question was always like, how do you keep that? Because it works. Yeah. The magic of the group works. The accountability, the connection, the friendship, all of those things work. But how do we keep it going past the event, whatever your event is? Yeah. Todd, I struggled with this for many, many years. Even as a speaker or workshop leader, I always thought part of me was I'm the supply teacher, right? Because, hey, I'm going to be gone in two hours. They're not going to listen to me. So I've always struggled with how do we make that lasting connection and real change? So one of the things is the group connects. They want to stay connected. 
Tell me a group that has met and had a powerful experience that doesn't want to stay connected. I have yet to experience that. Sure. So number one, they want to be connected. Number two, they want to support each other in whatever dream and vision they have. And number three, they want to be held accountable by me and others. And number four, especially with my clients or with peak performers, they're super competitive, right? Yeah. So when I actually put them into a group that it doesn't end at the end of two days where they can go in and connect, where they can get updates with me, where they can share their wins, which is the biggest thing. And you know, I learned a lot from you on that, where they could share their weekly wins, they could share their challenges and see they're not alone between sessions is powerful. And I've been looking for something that could do that. And I've tried, oh my God, I've tried so many different apps and so many different programs. And then people don't do email or, or whatever. And then the other challenge that I'll say to you and, and something that I, I've had a challenge for a while is how do I go one to many? Instead of saying the same message 10 times, yeah. how do I do the one to many? So putting them into a group that can connect and feel private, and it's not like a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group, like, you know, we could change, has changed the game for me. And I had doubts that they would connect in between, and it blew me away that they did, and they had such a positive experience. Yeah. So in there, the different things you were talking about to help foster a greater connection after they've been with you in the room, the one thing that you were sharing with me beforehand was just how much competition has been the glue that has brought people together. Well, why don't you kind of share what's actually happened because of the competitions that you keep on doing with your group of people? And they're very, very simple things. They're not massively engineered. I'll share two. So one, uh, during the Olympics two years ago, I did a, a leadership Olympics. So kind of like inspired by the decathlon, but there was 14 events and they got one challenge every day that I posted in the platform that they would, they would get the video message. And it was so funny, Todd, because the people in Australia would be like waiting up late at night for me to post this damn video. <laughs> and because they were getting to compete and then they actually had to do things and, and post videos and all kinds of things. They loved the experience. They looked forward to it every day. Mm. The wins, the engagements, and then the competitive part is they had a point value. Yeah. I thought, okay, that worked. And then with one of my group coaching programs in Boston, I gave them a one month challenge and said, I'm posting the results every day. Because in sport, you have the scoreboard. If you come home and you miss the beginning of, the, of your favorite team, the first thing you look at is the score. Are we winning or are we losing? Sure. We don't do that day to day. So they knew there was going to be a scoreboard update every day with the points. And that increased the engagement through the roof, but also increased their wins and their transformation. Yeah. So a couple of key things there that I think make it work so well is one, it's a very tight defined time frame. It's 14 days. The other thing too is I was just talking to literally before we did this interview, I was talking to a, a good friend of mine who just did a post on LinkedIn about the boredom and the monotony of building a business. And you've heard me say it, and we've talked about it, Sean, in the past that the best of the best embrace the boredom and the monotony because so much 
a large portion of what we do is it's rote. It's just doing the reps every single day. And the people who think that there's this grand idea that entrepreneurship or building a business or whatever is just champagne cocktails and celebrations all the time are just going to be floundering with a terrible mindset throughout it, the entire experience. And so I was, we were just talking about how the people who lose in this game are the ones who think that it has to be super sexy. But the thing that makes what you were doing so successful is short time frame, but it breaks up the monotony of them running their business. And there's something new and exciting that's now kind of been infiltrated into their life. And so that's not shocking that you get so much engagement. The other side of this too, is you were talking and sharing a story before we kicked off about how the competition brings the people together and fosters, like I find competition fosters nicknames. It fosters a new language. It fosters a different culture. It fosters good-hearted ribbing. And that cohesiveness is now found underneath the brand name of Sean Shepard, which then only increases the retention of people wanting to stay in your world. And the great thing is, is you're not really doing anything that's coaching. Correct. And the hockey locker room, you know, I grew up in Canada and playing hockey. Yeah. Is my home. That is my home. Other than the smell, I love everything about a hockey locker room. So you have teammates that love each other, that rib each other, that play hard for each other, that look out for each other. And at some part of my brain was trying to recreate that in my business. And I never thought it was possible. Yeah. Because we crave that. We want to be part of a team or a community. You know, during the Olympics, everybody's waving their... We want to be part of something bigger. The other unexpected win, Todd, was they started getting excited and telling other people, other people on their team. And then I would get all these messages going, hey, how do I get into this? Yeah. With zero marketing, zero phone calls. Love that. Yeah. You're empowering people. Well, that's what brand story is. You've got, you're empowering people with a story that they can tell about your brand. And the really cool part is when you can start to transcend away from only being known as I deliver coaching hours and value to people in that synchronous time frame of our call. And now people are extracting value from you asynchronously through the way that you've designed your group and stuff. I think it's fantastic. I just think that you're on like such a rocket ship to the universe on your brand. Like, I just think you've got such huge things ahead and you've already done such amazing things already, Sean. So any other parting thoughts about like a really simple thing that people can think about implementing right now when it comes to adding some challenge or competition into group dynamics? Well, number one, bring the people that love you and that who you serve together. I hear a lot of coaches that are struggling reach out to me. And that's the number one thing I say, Do you do anything where you bring them together? No. Have they ever met each other? No. And I'm like, let them meet each other. Mm. So bring them together and give them a challenge to rise to. Yeah. I've heard you share it too. Like your one challenge that you had people do after your one workshop was literally just the implementation of their new routines that they had just learned from you. (laughs) And as I've learned... The women in your group were the ones who won it. A lot of people think that women aren't as competitive. (laughs) I don't know why people think that way. In my experience, they're the ones who dig into that stuff, maybe even sometimes more than the men. Plus, they have a natural motivator, which is, I want to beat the guys. I want to beat the guys. 
Yeah, and it's it's not a sport thing because I I hear the same thing. Oh, well, I I'm not a jock, or I'm you know, life is a team sport, and people want to be part of community, and they want every sales team I've ever worked with in my old life had competition, and it wouldn't matter. You know, we've both been at sales retreats, and the prize could be a five dollar gift card, and they will compete like anything. Totally. Well, thank you so much, Sean, for coming on and sharing that with people. Where can people go and find you on the interwebs? You publish some great stuff on LinkedIn. So if you don't already know or connected with Sean, check him out on LinkedIn. But where can people go and learn more about you? Yeah, LinkedIn's probably the the place I hang out the most. They do a LinkedIn Live every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, do post daily. So Sean Shepard with the extra vowel, E and an A, because I know people get that wrong. And then uh, seanshepard.com is where all the goodies are and uh, you can get some free downloads and all the information there. Awesome. We'll have all the links on our page as well. Thanks again, Sean, for popping in and sharing with everybody. Appreciate uh, you and to everyone that's listening. Thanks for popping in. Right now, you should be finished up your cup of coffee. It's all good stuff. Thanks for listening to the UpCoach podcast with your host, Todd Herman. I hope you got a lot of value from today's episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when we drop our next episode every week. Just type in the UpCoach podcast in the search and click the subscribe button on your favorite listening platform. And a review, a little snar rating, wouldn't hurt. And finally, all the show notes, tips, links shared, and the transcript is over at upcoach.com slash podcast, where you can also get your free trial for our modern transformation platform, specifically built for coaches and creators that care. The UpCoach podcast is produced by our friends at Ventures FM. Now that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time. And of course, keep on coaching.